What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. On today's show, we'll take a look at some of the biggest bets this weekend and preview a $3 million parlay. Let's do it. This is the Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player. All right, this is a Woos Media Podcast. If you own a company, know anyone who owns a company, and want to make the most of your online marketing, whether it's on websites, apps, social media, contact Woos Media online, W-O-O-Z-E, media.com. All right, uh, on today's show, we'll talk about some of the biggest bets this weekend, and I kind of like doing this. It's fun to... uh, take a look at things from the Vegas point of view, what they think about when they take big bets, some of the biggest bets they took. And, you know, this usually goes public after the fact and you get to hear about some of these bets, but there were some crazy bets placed last weekend. And we'll talk about the, you know, where the public money was, how Vegas did. And of course, keep in mind, you know, I'll, I'll try and refer to uh, the market as the market because a lot of these sports books aren't necessarily in Vegas. But when people talk about the the market overall or the sports books in general they usually say vegas is sort of just a a way to to refer to that but uh on tuesday just uh wait today yesterday whoa what day is it uh yesterday on tuesday uh according to DraftKings, an unidentified better and by the way we're referencing a pretty good article on espn um on tuesday an unidentified better risked $3 million, $3 million for all my uh, Austin Power fans uh, on a three-leg parlay, (laughs) okay? Three mil on a three-leg parlay. Now, here's the parlay. Georgia to win the SEC East, Alabama to win the SEC West, and the Packers to win the NFC North. Now let's do a little bit of math here, okay? A little I did some uh, some back of the napkin math here, and I want to see the odds on this three million dollar bet. What I think the odds currently are, and what they got from the sports book, and I'll let you guys know if I think it's a good bet or not. So let's go team by team. I currently have Alabama sixty eight percent likely to win the uh, SEC. Uh, what would that be? The SEC West. A large part of this is obviously due to the fact that, you know, LSU has really struggled this year. Uh, Mississippi State not doing well. You know, here's the the West. It's Bama, Auburn, A&M, Arkansas, LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. LSU falling back really improved Alabama's chances this year. Preseason, they were about 55 to 58% according to my projections. So... Alabama now 68% to win the West. It's pretty much about Auburn and Texas A&M. If they can take care of those two, then they, you know obviously they'll win it. But 68% chance for Alabama to win. I think that's very conservative, and we don't want to be too crazy if we're trying to evaluate whether this is a good or bad bet. So I think 68%, very good. Uh, Georgia, 72%, slightly higher chance than Alabama. And Georgia's got Florida and Tennessee to pretty much compete with. I think Kentucky, Mizzou, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, not likely to... Uh, to. But here's the thing. When we talk about these other teams besides Alabama and Georgia in the East and West, it's not necessarily about those other teams having a chance to win the division. It's about... Who can upset Georgia? Who can upset Alabama, right? And the way that a lot of odds makers and sports bettors do these odds is they go game by game. Let's say that Georgia 
is a pick and obviously this is just hypothetical, but let's say Georgia is a pick in their next game. That implies a 50% win percentage, right? Pick 50% each side. Well, they add up all the odds for all of those lines, the futures odds, and that's how they land on the numbers here for the standings. That's what I do. That's what the books do. So uh, that's pretty much how that's done. So Alabama, 68% chance to win the West. Georgia, 72% chance to win the East. I think Florida is the next favorite uh, right at around... Uh, I don't know, I think it's 30% or something like that. So Georgia, heavy favorite, to, or it's, it's less than 30%, but I digress. Georgia, heavy favorite to win the West, or the East. All right, now let's look at the NFC uh, North bet, the Packers. I have the Packers 78% to win the NFC North. And look, a lot of people might argue with that because the Bears are 4-1, but the Bears are one of the worst 4-1 teams in the history of the NFL. I think they really struggled in the second part of the season. And if you look at the points scored, the Bears are right there, just above average in the league. They've scored 105 points. They've allowed 100. You compare that to the Packers, Packers have put up 152 compared to 101. Packers, the far superior team, I think 70 is a very good estimate for the NFC North. So the way to determine all three of these bets hitting, what's the likeliness of that happening? Simple. We take 68% times 72% times 78%. And if you guys want to do this on your calculator, it's 0.68 times 0.72 times 0.78. Okay. So I'm projecting a 38.1% chance for all three of those to hit. Now, they're all favorites. Obviously, they're all individually as bets. They're all massive favorites. But when you put them together, uh, that's what parlays are. Then, you know, you have the 38.1% chance for it to hit. Well, is it a good bet or a bad bet? You don't know unless you see what the house is charging. We always talk about this, right? It's not betting teams. It's betting numbers. This is what we mean. What are the true odds or at least the implied true odds compared to what they're charging at the sports books? Well, they got this bet, whoever this uh, unidentified better was, at plus 180. Plus 180 equals a 35.7 win percentage. And we think the odds are 38.1. So actually, I don't think this is the worst bet in the world. Now, typically, a $3 million three-leg parlay, you're not going to hear me say that too often. But I think that this whole bet comes down to the, the fact that whoever this better was got good value on the Packers. And frankly, Alabama and Georgia, if they take care of business the next few weeks, they should heavily increase their odds. So at any time of the season, this was probably a decent time to make this bet. You see what these teams look like. You see what the other teams in their divisions look like. And then you uh, go ahead and execute on the bet. So uh, we are projecting a, let's do the math right now, a 2.4% edge for this better. Guys, if you have a 2.4% edge, that is a substantial edge. I think that's a bet that you should make every time. And I think this is actually a pretty good bet. So given the fact that Alabama, 68% chance to win the West, Georgia, 72% chance to win the East, and the Packers, 78% chance to win the NFC North, put that all together, 38.1% chance that bet hits. And the book thinks that uh, those odds are closer to 35.7. At least that's what they charge. So believe it or not, the three $3 million parlay to win $5.6 million, I don't think it's the worst bet ever. My numbers, my math says they're on the right side of that one by about 2, what was it, 2.4%. All right, let's move on to some other bets taken this weekend because people are crazy with some of these favorites. And I know you guys love them. I know the squares love them. But sometimes... 
and I never root for anyone to lose money, right? Because by by you guys losing money or by me losing money, by anyone losing, that just means the sports books have won and nobody likes that, right? But a uh, better at Caesars Palace this weekend bet $240,000 on BYU Moneyline. Now to rewind, BYU was favored by 34 and a half points and they made the Moneyline bet to win Drum roll, please. $3,428. So a bet of 240000 profited $3,400. That to me is a crazy bet because there, again, there's no such thing as a sure thing. And it almost lost. Yeah, Texas San Antonio, who uh, BYU was playing, They took an early lead, and by the way, the game ended 27-20. UTSA had a chance to come back and tie it up late in the game. That was not a good bet, right? Now, they won the bet, and it's funny because after a bet like that's placed, red flags do go up, and people have their own assumptions of what happened. Some people think that it was for... Uh, rewards points, right? Casino comps, hotel upgrades, things like that. And that is a risky way to to run your points up. Trust me. Uh, Other people think this. And actually, I kind of, I mean, either someone was that dumb to make that bet, or maybe they're dumb enough to do money laundering, right? Because if you make a $240,000 bet and you think there's no chance of it losing, which, you know, there's never a bet like that. It's not I mean, it's a pretty bad way to launder money, right? In this article, they actually talk about that. It says, um, a customer has illicit funds and is looking to clean the money, has an unsuspecting, uh, through an unsuspecting sports book, but as unlikely as it seems or extremely dumb as that seems, uh, says Mark Verst, uh, Verstendig, a Las Vegas attorney who specializes in these cases. He says, if this were a money laundering effort, it would be one of a kind and actually horribly done because usually when they see money laundering examples, what they do, what those who are trying to launder the money is they'll bet both sides of the game, right? They'll they'll get people uh, called runners to take the money and go bet both sides at a number of different casinos. So they kind of take that 10% VIG and eliminate the risk of uh, the favorite losing. But keep in mind, it's not 10% the house keeps, it's about 4.45% because they're going to get the money back with whatever team wins, so or the, the VIG back with uh, whatever team wins. So unlikely it was money laundering, even though that's kind of where my mind went at first. But I think it was just an idiot with deep pockets who thought it wasn't. But if you have, think about this. If you have a quarter of a million dollars to spend on a football game, do you really think you would make that bet to win 3400 bucks? That seems unlikely to me. And honestly, it seems unlikely to the sports book too. And, uh, you know, Vegas, the market, different sports books do say, and they even said in this example, that red flags do go up and they keep uh, profiles on all their customers. That means you guys, whether you've lost $1,000 to a sports book, you're up 10 grand, they have a profile on you. They know what kind of bets you make, what kind of money you have. And uh, so, you know, if this was just a dumb bet and a dumb better, the books, they have their their data on him now. You know, they know what bets he likes or, you know, they know that he was willing to make that bet. So if he goes back next weekend and does it again, who knows? I mean, again, I, I highly doubt it's laundering money because that, that makes sense. If you're trying to launder money, bet both sides, take the hit. But that one, uh, not close to the to the edge we were t- <laughs> we were talking about with the, uh, the three-team parlay. All right, so let's go to the NFL. A couple uh, interesting notes here. The Raiders upset of the Chiefs 
produced the biggest win for the sports books in the last three years. Several sports books in Las Vegas reported taking massive, massive bets on the Chiefs' money line. The Chiefs were also one of the favorite, uh, the public favorites, teasing down this weekend. Uh, I think the line was uh, uh, thirteen and a half. So a lot of <laughs> a lot of people teased them down to uh, like you know seven and a half, something like that, right around a touchdown, maybe seven if they bought the extra half point. But that was a very, very, very high-volume game with so many money line bets, teasers, and money line parlays. Because what a lot, what a lot of squares like to do is money line the favorites in those games, and the Chiefs were the most popular team this weekend to put in terms of the money lines. Uh, the second biggest win for the books this weekend was the Giants covering the spread to the the Cowboys, followed by the Dolphins upset of the 49ers. So the books had massive bets on all of those games and ended up cashing. Guys, that's why you be careful. There's no such thing as a win, as we learned in the NFL this weekend. The books did take a hit in a couple places. It looks like the uh, Cardinals 31-10 win of the Jets produced one of the books' biggest losses of the day, uh, specifically Bet Rivers, an online sports book. Only <laughs> this is crazy. Only six percent of the money bet on the game back to the Jets. I can't. One thing that I hate is when the squares are winning, 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 and not learning lessons. Because as a sports better who's been doing this for a lot of, for several years now. Sports betting is a process, right? You got to get kicked in the teeth a little bit. You got to learn that there's no such thing as a sure thing. And the squarest thing that I can hear any bad sports better say this year is this. The Jets suck. I'm betting it against the Jets. Guys, anytime it's that easy, it's usually a bad bet. But recently, the last couple of years, the Jets have been so bad against the spread, specifically 12, 24, and 1 since 2018, that the squares have been raking on the Jets. And I promise you guys, if you're one of those people who has bet against the Jets and felt confident about it and, you, and you're bragging about it and you're doing it over and over, be careful. You're going to get yourself into a lot of trouble by saying, ah, the Jets, they suck. I'll take whatever the line is against them. Now, the 12-24-1 against the spread record would indicate otherwise, but the sports books understand this. They want The sports books don't like this either. They're going to adjust the, the Jets they just, you know, they, they have before, they just haven't adjusted enough. So I, I can't stress that enough, guys, how square it is to say, ah, that team sucks, I'm betting against them. Even though you've won with the Jets, be careful. Overall this weekend, the books did win more than they lost. They got beat up in, where did they lose? They lost in the Cardinals game, Steelers game, Rams, Ravens, Texans, Browns, all covering. The squares were all on those, but overall the books did very well this weekend otherwise. Uh, one other piece of news in the NBA, the Lakers were favored in each of their 21 playoff games. Every one of them, they were favored. Now, according to ESPN stats and information, they're the fourth team in the past 30 years to be favored in every playoff game, followed by the 2016-2017 Warriors, 2014-2015 Warriors, and the 95-96 Bulls. The amount wagered on Sunday's Game 6 between the Lakers and Heat attracted a really similar betting handle to the NFL or to an average NFL game at the Superbook. I mean, the Superbook, they're talking about uh, uh, the Westgate. 
The Westgate said the money uh, it won on the NFL Sunday and lost on the NBA title futures markets kind of was a wash, but there were a ton of people who had the Lakers to win the championship this year. And that ended up being actually a decent bet. I think they opened up the season plus 350, plus 400, somewhere around there, and then it ended up cashing. Now, to start the playoffs, the Lakers were minus 250, and that still was, you know, you can't predict the future, obviously. That's what we try and do. But the fact that the Clippers lost in the second round of the Nuggets affected things greatly with the Lakers. But uh, if you look at the odds right now, the Lakers are favorites to win next year and uh, wasn't that bad to start the playoffs either. So, all right, that does it for today's show. Just wanted to go over some of those numbers. I think it's always interesting to dive in, take a look at the sports books, how they did, where the money went. And it's a good lesson learner. If you've been winning on those games, be careful. It doesn't last forever. Good luck tonight and whatever you got. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Sharp Angle.